Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and uh, I am as just as bad at Chaos Gate Demon Hunters as I am XCOM. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm Jay, and after two days stranded in in Salt Lake City, I have I have finally made my way home to my cats. <laughs> uh, I'm Josh, and I survived the winter earthquake of 2022. <laughs> California is dangerous for a lot of reasons it turns out. <laughs> so Josh you you did your family vacation to the Redwoods uh which at one point you said if I had known that uh the the Redwoods were basically Endor I would have gone much sooner. Yeah, they do need to work on the PR for those trees, it feels like. <laughs> to which Trevor was like, well, it's not like Endor. It's, it's where they actually filmed it. And, <laughs> and, and Josh's mind was just blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a simple man, really. Uh, and then during your stay, uh, a earthquake centered in Eureka, where you guys were staying, hit is that correct so we were in eureka and the earthquake hit in um oh my gosh ferndale which was it was basically 30 miles from eureka okay so yes we were 30 miles from the epicenter and we <laughs> i think we talked about it on text right i was yeah. like it, it it's so disorienting yes it's like one of the most I, disorienting experiences i've ever had i actually have a really funny story about this so we are in Disneyland with Aaron Well and I'm pretty sh- and Michael Chili Winters. I th- I'm pretty sure was with us as well. Okay. And we were we'd eaten like some pretty big meals, and then an earthquake hits us. And I'm like laying down on the bed in our hotel room, and I can see like the walls moving, and and it feels like you said super disorient disorienting. Um, felt disoriented. Um, but the funny part is that Aaron was on the bat was, was using the restroom, uh, after this big meal when, <laughs> when <laughs> the earthquake hit okay. and, and he's feeling like you feel weird physically as the earthquake is going on. And, and he did. So at first he doesn't realize that there's an earthquake and he's like, Oh no, I'm not doing well. I'm super sick <laughs> <laughs> because this earthquake is making him feel so weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So you guys didn't have power for a little while. Is that correct? Yeah. Basically for about 28 hours. And was it very cold or. Uh, so it, it was, it's funny. It was, it ended up being colder in the house cause it, we had arrived and like the earthquake hit basically five hours later. Like we got there about 10 o'clock at night and, um, yeah. And then the earthquake hit, you know, those few hours later and, uh, really like the heat hadn't fully filled the house yet. You know uh, what I mean? And yeah. so, and so then it was almost like the house was a sort of a old school refrigerator at that point. And, um, so at one point, you know, once we kind of the day got rolling, we're like, we're going to get into our car and drive or drive around and turn the heater on in the car, you know, to warm up basically. Yeah. yeah. And we found, uh, you know, uh, our favorite restaurant in Eureka, which is Amiga's Burritos, the only one of the only taco places running because they had a generator. So they were just like uh. basically printing money at that point. Um, 
anyway, and then yeah, so then later that that the following evening it you know power came back on and then and frankly we enjoyed the rest of our vacation quite a bit and nobody was hurt and so it, it in the end it's it's mostly just a good story and the, i'll tell you the thing we honestly felt worst about so we were staying in this uh you know it was an airbnb this old victorian house i mean it was built in 1889 so it's like older than the state of idaho and uh we just the rest of the days that we were there we watched cracks just crawl up the plaster you know in corners of the house and and i mean it's interesting because the house is basically like an ongoing restoration and you know like the airbnb is one of the ways that they're funding the restoration of it so it was just sort of felt like well you just got sent back to not quite square one but uh several squares back at this point Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a beautiful house so it was uh but I, i tell you what it's uh it's a weird spot in the world to reach like to get to all the redwood forests, uh-huh. if, if that makes sense, what I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's not major airports that you fly into. And I mean, it it was basically not quite a five hour drive from the San Francisco airport to where we ended up staying. And not that you necessarily had to go that far, but um, anyway, it, it was, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad we did it. It was a, it was a fascinating trip and uh, they're pretty magnificent trees and, and uh, I didn't play nearly as many board games as I expected to. <laughs> I love your shocking no one but me eternal probably. hope and optimism. <laughs> I know it's a it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> I, so we uh, we were we were coming back from our Christmas trip. We're up in the air from like L.A. to to Salt Lake City when they cancel the leg from. Uh, Salt Lake Tidal Falls. So and, were you, and were you flying on Delta then? Yeah. Okay. And which sucks because like if we'd known that uh, you know we were going to have a flight canceled, we would have much preferred to have stayed in LA than to have been in Salt Lake. Oh sure. Um, and the other part that sucked about it was that like you know we're flying home Monday night and there's no bad weather in Salt Lake or in Idaho Falls on Monday night. Um, it's supposedly what happened was, you know, the, the plane that was going to uh, fly into Salt Lake and then take us to Idaho Falls, they had weather where they were. And so they never made it to Salt Lake. So that plane was never available to take us to uh, Idaho Falls. And so then we get up Tuesday morning, go to our flight it's it's taking off at like 8 a.m we're on the plane and they say you know sorry folks uh the airport in idle falls has been closed (laughs) oh wow and this was what day this was tuesday uh yes tuesday okay yeah i mean it was like a crazy ice storm that day really yes yeah okay and so they cancel all the flights on tuesday and so then we get a notification on our phone around 6 p.m. on Tuesday that our bags have arrived in Idaho Falls. Without you. Without us. And so we look at <laughs> it, it, and they restarted the flights without notifying us or without booking us on that flight. And, oh, and they didn't. There wasn't availability on the 9 p.m. flight. And so the first flight that we could do was like Tuesday or sorry on next day, Wednesday at 4:44 PM. So that was what we took. And <laughs> I guess we were grateful to not be, uh, on Southern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Southwest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Southwest, yeah. Right. Yeah. We had, there were people in our, so way our, to put the positive spin on it there. Too. Yeah. The, the hotel we were in had, it was, completely booked out and there were people who had uh there they were trying to leave salt lake um to return home on december 23rd and they had been stuck there since then and their first opportunity that they were going to have to get to return home was going to be january 2nd oh my gosh that is savage (laughs) so yeah. That's just absolutely brutal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> so, um, I guess let's let's move on to more topics. Uh, Christmas is over. Your family didn't get you what you wanted, but Discount Games Inc. is here for you. <laughs> <laughs> you can do the purchases that you actually want. You won't mess it up, and everything will be great. It will be almost like living with Josh, where a few days after Christmas, a giant Kickstarter for Mosaic Mosaic the Colossal Edition shows up on your doorstep. How did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we are going to raid uh, Star Wars and or the Disney Plus series today. So that's going to be exciting. Um so there's a one of the things I've I've heard one of the podcasts I like to listen to is is kind of a Hollywood podcast and and one of the things um some of the analysts have said about the show that I'm I'm curious to get your guys reaction to is um so first off the the initial um audience numbers for for Andor have been okay they haven't been amazing but they haven't been awful either um and but one of the things that that one of the you know media analysts or you know stock analysts or whatever that they said about disney plus was that they thought the three most important shows for disney plus in this year were um she hulk ms marvel and andor because they were shows that were trying to expand their audience base beyond what is kind of their core audience that they already have uh, captured. Wait, how does, how does Andor do that? Man, I, I was just about to ask how any of those three do that. So <laughs> no, I, I, I want to hear the rest of this. No, no, yeah. I, I mean, I, well, personally, I totally understand how the other two expand it. I mean, they they were intended to be, um, you know, more broad appeal than the MCU nerd. If you, in fact, if you go read in the MCU groups on Facebook or Reddit or whatever, there's tons of haters. They hate them. Yeah, because yeah, it's not, I, it was well, not directed at uh, them. Okay, I guess that's true. But I, but it also both of those She Hulk and Miss Marvel. I'm like, who would watch this if they? Yeah, if you're not already, who would be interested in if you're not already like a Marvel or a comics nerd? You know what I mean? Like that. Frankly, that's the only reason I watched them, and they're the only. I'm the only one in my family who's watched them. So I, I, well, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like if you're, you know, um, Packy or Indian, uh, that that Ms. Marvel had a, a draw for you, mm-hmm. um, you know, or if you're a young woman, um, I, I think that it's trying to get outside the trying to get into certain demographics that the yeah. other ones aren't. And and, and I guess right. what, I, I agree with you that if you watched them, then that should have that was probably your experience that they probably did achieve that but yeah but if if you have let's say you have um we have a friend or i have a friend i'm sure you guys are his friend as well who um grew up in an indian family and and they hated you know all things fun from him from the way he he describes it (laughs) Uh, but he's a i mean he's a gamer and a nerd just like us so guaranteed he watched it and he probably mentioned or talked to it to some of the more um, willing to to branch out people, or maybe mm-hmm. they saw it while he's watching it in the room. I mean, this is how it spreads. It's word of mouth, and yeah. you only have to have a small demographic in or small group inside that demographic to recommend it for it to expand. Now, I will admit that I'm not sure where She-Hulk was trying to expand it. I mean, is it going for the trendy young uh, woman? You know, because I don't know that it's success. I don't. I don't think or it's just a, maybe more comedy, female. right? Like yeah, yeah or I, comedy. I, yeah. I'm not sure that it was successful in doing what that. I I see what they were going for, but I don't know if it was successful. But I'm still going to go back to Andor and say, who is this bringing in that wasn't already watching Mandalorian? Sure. So I, their responses to like what it's trying to do is appeal to someone who is interested in a prestige television show, but isn't necessarily interested in star Wars. Man, that seems like a crazy Venn diagram to me. <laughs> I think that group is really small and not even worth trying to pursue. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I and you know, I'm curious. You know, I I think that Disney did consider Andor to be a success. Uh huh. Um, well, because and there's a second season coming, right? Uh, yes. That's a spoiler alert, but I mean, I I think even before the first season um, was was done being made, the 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 initial plan was that it was going to have three seasons, and then they modified it. I think to the current plan is that it's going to have two. Um, I don't know if that's been changed or if it. I guess if season two does well, if it's potentially going to go beyond that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I will say that um, I also watch more or listen to some podcasts that are um, either movie or TV related that are not, it's not like they're not gaming geeks like us. They're TV geeks. And so there's some of them who, you know, are fans of, um, you know, Marvel stuff or sci-fi stuff, or, or there's, there's some who are obviously are not. And almost universally, um, they've, they've watched and or um, because it's, it's one that has had that, I guess, recommendation that they should watch it beyond someone who's a Star Wars fan. And, and they have universally liked it, the people who have watched it in that subset. And and it could be that you're correct. That's just a really that like Josh said that that's a really small Venn diagram. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't do, know. do you guys have any? I guess any thoughts or comments on I guess that topic before? Well, we I mean, those two descriptors that you made are good descriptors. Prestige television show, also Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I'm interested to when we get to grading and we talk about some of the individual episodes like i'm really interested to hear my co-hosts much better informed and thought out opinion (laughs) and i one of the things you overestimate me (laughs) (laughs) one of the things i love about this season of andor is that and we've complained about this a few times on on here but it's felt a lot like a lot of the disney plus shows will you'll you'll just start like getting into them and the season's already over yeah and you know these were fairly long episodes roughly around 50 minutes most of them i think and there were 12 of the episodes and there was enough story going on that there it felt like there were kind of three episodes to me that were fairly climactic which i don't feel like we've seen at all in and a lot of the other Star Wars or Marvel stuff that Disney has done. Yeah, uh, right. But I mean, what what was I guess was your guys's? Uh, how did you feel about the length of the series or or the way that it was present presented? I'm sure Trevor's going to be a big fan because he always <laughs> likes that. Um. Yeah, I like the length. Um. I. It was. Man, I don't know what to say. There's. There is some things about the the length that I liked, and there's some things I didn't. So, what were the what were the things that didn't work as well for you? Um, I guess I was just I don't remember what episode it is. It's like episode seven. It's where he goes goes into prison. It just it was really sort of jarring to me. It almost felt like you know we only had enough content for six episodes but we need a full season of 12. So let's start a basically a second season right here. (laughs) Does that, does that make sense? Like, it's like, okay, we'll just, we'll just cut off that, that plot line and we'll throw something random in here. And that happens and boom, we're off to another, another storyline. So I'm going to talk about it in terms of what I call the AI scale. Um, kids ask your great grandparents about a, I guess we real quick, Josh, we should, uh, at at this point, if give the, uh, usual warning of spoilers at this point. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Here there will be spoilers, right? Right, Fair point. Uh, anyway, what I was going to say is, um, yeah, you remember Spielberg's movie AI, right? About this basically never saw it. Hate it. Oh, really? Did you hate it just like on concept or were you just smart? And so you, please let's not talk about it. It it brings back painful memories. (laughs) Okay. 
Well, the point is, there are basically three endings in that freaking movie. And I I was losing my mind after the second ending. And then there was a third ending. Well, I... So, and My mind has literally blocked it from, like, it hurt me that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, on that scale, Andor does not... It is not a full AI, right? But it is about a half of an AI. Because what I felt like, like the way you just described it, Jay, there are, to me, there are two episodes. Well, okay. There's three if you count the final episode, right? There's three episodes that are very climactic, right? And like, I was, because I've been trained to expect shorter seasons, right? I like get to the end of episode six and I'm like, oh, well, that was pretty amazing. I guess I'm excited for another season. Then I'm like, what? I got six more episodes to watch here, right? <laughs> and then, you know, you get to the basically the end of the prison um, arc, right? Yeah, so and episode again, 10, like, one way I'm out. Like, Holy Moses, what an incredible, you know, what incredible episode. What a great scene. And I'm like, oh, I got two episodes left here? Like, what's going on? And uh, so... Uh, yeah, that was a little. I don't want. I don't know if I want to call it exhausting or just like unexpected. I, I mean, it. I I will say it does feel un like an unusual storytelling uh, method. Um, it didn't really. So another movie that um, sometimes can feel this way to me is is Return of the King. It feels like it has you know about five different endings. Um, and that's fair. <laughs> yeah, but with I for whatever reason it didn't really bother me in in this show. Um it was kind of interesting. So I so episode 10 is one way out, which is the prison break and then it ends with the uh the two speeches essentially, uh one in the prison and one down in the bowels of of Coruscant. Um and I would probably say that I thought that was, I, I watched that and I was like, man, I don't know how they're going to have a better finale for this season than they did this episode. And I don't really think that episode 12 probably is a better episode Thank than you. episode 10. We are in agreement. I, I think episode 10 is better, but I still did really love episode 12. And I thought there were a lot of, amazing things that they did in episode 12. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, I guess what I'm saying is episode 11 and 12 felt like an unexpected epilogue in a book to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and yes, 12 was well done. Did I fall asleep during part of it? And I'll probably go back and watch it. Yes. But that wasn't the episode's fault. That was this old man's fault. <laughs> That's I've, this is a funny aside, but I've had an issue lately where, uh, like, if I'm watching the movie and I'm tired, then it affects my enjoyment of the movie. Mm -hmm. And so for example, Brian wanted to turn on black Adam one night and it's, it's not a good movie to begin with, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I feel like my view of the movie has been, uh, tainted, tainted even further even more because I was tired during it. And there's like, it's one that I've said we, we probably ought to like grade, on the show. And so part of me feels like I ought to rewatch it, but I also, I'm kind of like, I don't think this movie is good enough to rewatch. And so anyway, it's a heavy cross you bear sometimes Jay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're in agreement on some of the high points and some of the strangeness of the storytelling, like you said. Yeah, I did really too. I, I, I think, I'll, I'll say specifically about episode 12 real quick, and then I'll go into uh, one the thing that I probably love the most about the the series overall. But one of the things I loved about episode 12 was that, you know, it just felt like there was this rich world building that was going on th that wasn't on Tatooine. Yes, there. right, right. <laughs> well said. You are, you know, the... The bricks and the dirge and, you know, these people who are um, deciding to stand up against fascism, even though they realize that it will likely lead to their death or that it may be hopeless. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things in in episode 12 that I I did really enjoy. 
Um, I think that the the thing that I enjoyed the most about Andor, and it's, it's I guess it's kind of interesting that I would pick this, but I I, I love Star Wars. I love space wizards. You know, I love the science fantasy space opera of it all. But I think the thing that I love the most about Andor is how... Go ahead and say it. I'm ready for you to say it, and I love that you're going to say it. (laughs) Okay, I'll say it, Josh. Uh, I love how effectively it is portraying fascism, how effectively it's portraying the evil of the everyday, you know, people who are the cogs in this machine that are, uh, that it is this, you know, in a lot of ways, the bureaucracy of that, that you're seeing oppress the people, uh, is, is much more terrifying than Palpatine could ever hope to be. Yeah. Right. Well, what I was going to also add to that is that I am amazed at how, much the whole story and the world building and the setting and everything delighted me with nary a lightsaber or a reference to the force Uh or any of that present like which i guess is that's what you were saying about you love space wizards but yes we didn't we didn't need the space wizards this time right i'll be honest i actually dislike space wizards a lot (laughs) like even the original not like how you dislike card games like this is for real I will gut you <laughs> with a lightsaber. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I I never really liked um in the in the original trilogy, I never really cared for Luke, I never really cared for Ben. Um give me Han Solo, give me Chewbacca. That's all I cared about. Even to this day that's really all I care about. I yeah, I've that's never true. I've never really liked the Jedi. I mean, it's fine. I like them kind of as a backdrop to the setting, but I've never really cared for them. Um, and, and you know, it goes without saying that um, I think that I've really enjoyed uh, Man- the Mandalorian and Andor because of that, because they don't focus on those things. They focus on the kind of the scoundrel, the, the, um, the anti-hero, the, you know, something different. That's what I've always liked is the the scummy part of of Star Wars. And also I another part that so two more parts that I uh, especially enjoyed about this um series was the character progression or development with uh with Andor, you know, where he starts out as the I'm I'm just trying to stay alive. I'm only looking out for myself. You know, he experiences the, uh, ironically, he, he performs this great crime and then is arrested for nothing. (laughs) And, and the bureaucracy doesn't even know that they have their most wanted criminal. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, comes to realize that, you know, he, he, he can't just be Switzerland in this, um, and so, you know, I I personally thought that that was an interesting uh, character development, not one that um, I I think is necessarily uh, super common in in these types of um, stories. Um, well, this is interesting because it it does share some similarities to Han Solo's story arc, right? But like, mm-hmm. it was grimmer here. Yeah. And I'm actually still not convinced that, you know, he's fully convinced, you know. Sure, I, sure. I, um, the other the other thing that I was going to say in, in praise of the show is, um, you know, A, the practical effects or the set design that they have that they did in in this, I, I think, is pretty amazing. Um, and also, like for example, the. You know, three or four. I guess it's three episode arc. I think he arrives in episode eight at the prison, and and episode ten is when he breaks out. Um, you know, I I think the set that they made for the prison looks great. The whole storyline going on at the prison, um, I I thought was was very interesting. Um, and so, um, in general, I mean, I love the Mandalorian, but um, 
with a few exceptions of like for example the the mandalorian um episode where they were on kind of the toxic planet was one where i thought that they did a really good job with with some of the uh set design or whatever but i i've i felt like in this show it's been on like a entire other level in comparison Hmm. i i didn't get the same feeling but Hmm. well i think there were some set pieces and and really connected to the to this, a lot of the similar episodes that we've already talked about that just really shown, I felt like. To, to me, the sets were fine. I don't see them as being. They didn't. They didn't detract. I'll put it that way. I, mm-hmm. I never felt like that any of them made me go, "Oh crap, we're on Tatooine again." <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Th- there was nothing like that, and that's good. I, you know, that's a good thing. I, I never right. felt like. I was taking out of the story or the moment because of the sets. So in that way, yes, they were good. I just never felt like there was anything that was above and beyond, you know, something that really took me away and said, wow, that's really cool. I, I never got that feeling. So I've, I've, I've given a lot of my reactions. I want to ask your guys' thoughts on um, one part. You have, have you say something first for once <laughs> instead of me hogging the, the mic. Um what what did you guys how did you feel about the plot lines involving uh Luthen and Mon Mothma? Uh I mean once my headcanon formed a justification for um Baron Harkonnen being in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> he could do no wrong. And and frankly, that the part of the problem is that char- that actor can almost do no wrong for me. It, in any freaking role he, mm-hmm. he's so ridiculously fun to watch do you know what i mean uh, uh mon mothma um well cast i you know one of the things that i feel like and, and i guess luthan and mon mothma both both of their stories kind of do a good job of this like the 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 series i feel like does a really excellent job of sort of examining the question of like what is the the true cost of rebellion Right. Like, yeah. you know, since fascism, fascism is the big evil that we're really talking about, like, what does it take to overcome, you know? And and so like the decisions that Mothma has to make and Luthien, uh, you know, the whole thing, I mean, like and and or along the way, like, I mean, frankly, the other one, the other moment that just highlights that so incredibly was I don't even know what Andy Serkis's character's name is, but like. When he was like, I can't swim, I'm like, what What did I just watch? <laughs> Kino, I think is. Yeah, yeah, like he was incredible, right? And anyway, so so those story arcs do a good job with that. Mon Mothma, I will say, ended up in some ways being kind of less interesting to me than some of the others, right? But but That's still, yeah, I, right? I, I, it feels like I'm the target audience, but... And it but feels I, like I, I'm not, and she was the tension I felt while she was on the screen doing things that clearly would be found treasonous. Right, right. Was it was strong for me. I could feel her own um, concern and her own peril that she was putting herself into. I I connected with Mon Mothma and Mon Mothma, and that is not something I expected. Yeah, oh, that's cool. That's good. Like I said, I I didn't dislike her. Just like if you asked me to rank those character stories, like hers was the one that I was probably the least interested in. Still interested, still enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, uh, oh, the I one did I was, re- which ahead. is the one you were least interested in, Trevor? Uh, Cyril Karn. Like, Oh really? How could that guy not? I wanted that guy to die. In you didn't like two. the mama's boy. <laughs> I loved his mother. His mother was awesome. I hated him. So every time his scene would come up, I'm like, oh, God, spare us, please. Make him go away. The Uh, thing that was funny is you get to the end of the season, and I I still don't really understand why he was in the season. (laughs) uh, You don't think he ended up being a good foil to the... um, the ITB officer, who no. I, I really, I loved her, honestly. 
No, he could have he could have gone away after his involvement. That that I'm after, assuming... the, after the ISB took over, he could go away and it wouldn't have made a difference. In fact, I would have loved it more. Yeah, I'm assuming that he was mostly set up for season two, but I don't have any proof for this. I mean, like what 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 do you imagine he might be set up in season two to do? I I hope he dies. As well. I mean, I think he's going to be. <laughs> I think after he say, saves. Deidre that he's going to become basically her you know, right-hand lieutenant. Sure, sure. Oh, like you're going to, we're going to see him in the white crisp uniform, right? I mean, he loves, yeah, yeah. He loves a crisp uniform, Jay. That's part of what's so fun about him. No, I, I was, I terribly wanted him. Like he got, he got some comeuppance in the, in episode 12. I literally wanted like rocks fall. He dies at the, at the end of episode 12. It was not enough. How did he get comeuppance in 12? He didn't really get comeuppance, did he? Like, he comes out looking good because he, he saves, saves her. Day, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, his, their, their, um, just everything uh, failing? Their, their ambush is a total disaster. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, fair. I, I am curious, Trevor, are, have, have you liked slash, have you watched slash do you like the movie Michael Clayton? Um, I don't think I've seen, trying to, well, it's been out for a while, right? Yeah, it came out in 2007. So it was so the guy who wrote Andor and Rogue One also wrote Michael Clayton and uh Michael Clayton is about um uh George Clooney is playing a fixer lawyer and so it's it's kind of a political thriller as well. But, um no, I've never seen it. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, look looking at it I I I so 2007, uh, just to put it in context, daughter was two, son was, you know, one or whatever. Uh, sure. I, did, I didn't see hardly any movies. So, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't see it. It's probably one I should see. Say I, I'd be curious if you liked it or not. It's, it's considered a lot of, a lot of movie, uh, aficionados fans consider it, um, to be like a, a very underrated movie. So, um, all right. Any, any last thoughts before I, I fanboy gush in the grading section. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess my only last thought, which will be part of my gushing is I wish there was a way that episode six was every episode. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I guess that is an interesting final question before we go to grading. But uh, what what was your favorite episode of the season? Yeah, six six hands down for me. Six, okay. Yeah, just absolutely hands down. Hmm. Come back to me on that one because I'm gonna have to think about it for a bit. Okay. Uh, ten is is definitely uh, the answer for me. Yeah, that's my that's my second for sure. Sure. I do really like. The special effects of uh, episode six are just really cool. I will say. Yeah, I, I think that's part of what I'm just a harlot for <laughs> special effects. Probably is what it comes down to. But but also there was just like there was some emotional impact in that episode that I, I was completely unexpected for me. Like you know I don't even know the kid's name, but the the kid that carries the manifesto. Like mm-hmm. you know w- when he, when he dies, like and I will blame Andor until he dies again for that. Uh, you know, I was just like blown away. So, uh, you know, and then all that and with the backdrop of this, like you're saying, incredible special effects. So mm-hmm. have you decided Trevor, or are you still thinking on it? Um, so I, this is probably going to sound weird to you too, I guess, but I think 11 is my favorite. Um, oh, interesting. So I, I don't know that I have really have favorite, episodes as much as favorite scenes um but episode 11 mon mothma is in a situation where she's having to marry off her daughter there's just a bunch of scenes there that i really found compelling and interesting and it ends with a great scene with luthan escaping a tractor beam and it just um i I really enjoyed that episode quite a bit um you know i you kind of get the impression that luthan's experienced he's got a lot of um what's the word hutzpah <laughs> uh, you know i don't i don't it know does what it have is. a lot of that yeah but but that episode sort of like you know really shows 
how much preparation and effort he's put in and what he's willing to go to and how good he is at what he's doing. Um, anyway, but I, I do love six quite a bit. Um, I did enjoy 10 a lot as well. Um, although six is probably more uh, exciting to me. I, I like a good heist. I'm a huge fan of like Steven Soderbergh style heists. And while that one wasn't, you know, there was no surprise. We did it a different way than you expected. It was still a heist. I still enjoyed it. All right. On to grades. Speed round grading. Design. Uh, I give it, I mean, frankly, it's set designs are 10. Some of the set pieces like, you know, the eye that we talked about, like the, the, the high slash, I mean, all those should be a 10, but some of the like downbeats that didn't keep my attention you know, I think drag it down to an eight. That's my that's my design number eight. Also, I'm here to hurt Jay. <laughs> I'll well, go nine for design. All right. He's not going to get hurt by me because um, I think that the everything was kind of set up in a really good, the nice slow burn. It uh, still kept you interesting. I thought the plot lines were good. Uh, there's really only I only have one complaint, and that's that's Cyril. I can't stand him. But everything <laughs> else I totally enjoyed. I actually loved the ISB quite a bit. All those scenes were just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I I thought it was great. Uh, time management. That's probably the one I dock it the most on because I I I did feel like. I don't know. Apparently, I just need to make sure I look at how many episodes there are in before <laughs> I watch them. Are you saying just, that if you knew that it was 12 going in, that you would have been okay? You just... Yeah, maybe. I take it multiple times? Yeah, that, that's that's what it feels like a little bit to me. So, uh, anyway, so, I mean, I'm, I'm still... I'm, I still feel like the pacing of the episodes was really good. Like, really, the only, I guess, complaint I'm making is just some questioning of the length of the season so it's a seven for me on time management um so there were times when i felt like the pacing was just a little bit slow but i i didn't it never was distracting for me um i actually liked the pacing quite a bit um so i i just wish i don't know i guess maybe the plots i wanted them to flow together a little bit better than they did that's maybe the issue i have with it Uh, anyway i i still think that it's pretty good um, I love the length. Um, I think this is a really good job of of creating a nice slow burn with some great payoffs. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to say it. So what's your number, Trevor? Probably a nine. I mean, I'm not going to give it a ten. It's it's not like edge of your seat for 12 episodes or anything, and you're not always going to hit in the next episode right now like some shows be or can be. Um, you know, it's not quite that level, but it is good. Um, I think I'll go with an eight. Okay. On to repeatability. Uh, this was always my hard category to grade, right? But I actually, I, like the three episodes we keep talking about the most, 6, 10, 12, I totally want to watch them again. I'm like uh, trying to talk Brian into watching this again, or it'll be his first time me watching it again. And he's just like, uh, I don't want to watch TV shows right now. Just um, in general, he doesn't want to then. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, yeah, I give it a seven, I think for repeatability, cause I'm, I'm interested in going back, you know, which is, which for me is pretty heady praise. I think I'll go with the nine on this one. Okay. Trevor. Um, honestly, it's a little low and uh, not because I didn't enjoy it just because I don't normally rewatch TV shows that much. Mm-hmm. And, and when I do they're um, my bread and butter, you know, for example, I'll, I'll go, i you know, I don't know how many times I've seen um, Firefly, but I'll, I'm sure I'll go back and watch it again at some point. Um, Better Off Ted is another example of a show that I've seen from start to finish, you know, three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see myself doing that here. I think I probably, the most likely situation where I rewatch it is when season two comes out, we'll go back and rewatch, um, you know, which is what we did when like season four of um, Dragon Prince came out. That's another one I've seen three times now. Jeez. Um, so have you seen Dragon Prince? Yeah, but I didn't. Didn't connect think, with it? Oh, I don't think I finished season three. No, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It wasn't. Part of the problem is I had set my expectations based on Avatar, The Last Airbender, and that's not really fair to the Dragon Prince to do that. Mm, is it, though? It might be kind of fair. 
I mean, I, I would, I would. You're, you're right in that I would watch Avatar: The Last Airbender before I rewatch. Yes. Avatar. Right. Yeah. That's it's, probably the television that, show I and my family have rewatched the most. My daughter it feels like the whole thing probably ten times. It feels yeah. like I should probably try Dragon Prince, but I think I've, you would enjoy Dragon Prince more than you would enjoy Last Airbender. Yeah, I mean, I've avoided it just because I've been like, you know, everyone says it's not as good as uh, Avatar, and Avatar was a great disappointment. So. It's also better than Blue EJ, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> For you, I, I I actually think you would like. Um, Dragon Prince is we're off topic. I apologize. I'm the one that sent us off topic, but Dragon Prince is is much darker than Avatar. Yeah, yeah. And and so I I think that um I think you had a hard time probably getting past some of the campiness. Yeah, the campiness. Um, and it there is some campiness. I mean, it's it's written by the same people, obviously, but it's it's a different. It's quite different, honestly. So you, I mean, give it a shot. All right, next so, category. You know, answer, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go back to the answer. Rewatching it. I'll rewatch it when season two comes out. I probably won't rewatch it anymore. Okay. Uh, well, we're on to fun, which I think is a bizarre huh. category to try to grade. Honestly. How about instead of fun, we say entertaining? Entertainment. Uh, okay, okay. That yeah, I was gonna say because if it's fun, there like yeah, was I clenching my cheeks repeatedly? Uh, you know, did I have heart palpitations? Uh, a lot of times. Yeah, I, I was going to give it a fun grade of like eight because some of it is so serious that I'm like, but all right. So if you call it entertainment, Jay, a nine is fair. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to creep my first 10 in. <laughs> this is a hard category for me because it feels like the, the sum does not, it doesn't equal all the parts. Like the, uh, there's lots of things I liked about it, but when I think about the greater scheme of of television shows that I've really loved, like Breaking Bad, um, uh, you know, Firefly, Avatar: The Last Airbender, it's not even in the realm of those. Mm. So, so I'm gonna give it a seven, I guess. I I did enjoy individual parts, but overall, you know, I enjoyed like season uh, one, two, Game of Thrones more than I enjoyed this by a significant margin. I, there's just, there's, I could, if we sat down and talked about the shows that I've enjoyed the most, I could probably name, I don't know, a ton, 10, 20 that I enjoyed more. Interesting. I will say that I was super disappointed when the robot that pinned him to the wall was not, well, maybe it will be later, was not K2SO and that K2SO did not show up during this entire season. Mm. Biggest disappointment. That does me. feel like a missed opportunity. I agree. And, not just for me, but my daughter was super disappointed that he didn't show up at some point in season one. My favorite character, hands down, from uh, Rogue One. Uh, yeah, and for very good reason. Because <laughs> he is magnificent. I mean, if he doesn't show up in season two, I'm rioting. That's fair. Like, I will join you in that riot. Uh, overall, my overall, um, I think I might give it higher than the sum of my grades here. I think I'm going to give it a nine on the overall. I, maybe I've been talking to Jay too long today. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give my second ten. <laughs> Jockey and Trevor. Yeah, same, I mean, same thing. It's just, it's it's not it's not what I wanted it to be, I guess, at the, at the end of the day. So it's good. It's above average. Great show, go watch it. But for me, it's still only a seven. And audience, are there audience concerns? It's pretty dark. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is grim. I mean, and Andor's interesting. Like, I don't even know if he's an anti-hero. I mean, he's just a freaking like like Jay says. There is a character arc, but I'm like, this dude is a total butt. And like, <laughs> you know, when you start out the, I think it's in the first episode that he just straight up murders those guys, right? Like. Yeah, I will say that the first episode is the more most difficult one um, from a potential having younger viewers watch it. Um, between... Yeah, like I almost wonder if you could skip that episode and, not, you know what I mean, have enough that you didn't miss that like, because I think the rest of the episodes you could get by with a, with a kid that would normally do Star Wars or whatever with you, right? Yeah, I mean, the first one, it's it's he goes into a cd establishment and then he ends up murdering two guys or it just yeah it's a bit rough um and it's it's gritty in the way that it portrays it as well so it's not like it i'm not saying that you can find a more you know 
sunshiny way to portray murder, but um, it is it's rough. Well, it's not gory. I mean, it does have that. No, it's not. Right. It's not gory. So but it's pretty cold blooded. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess you could say maybe it's a little bit of a he's defending his situation. It's a little bit of moral self-defense or not moral personal self-defense. He's trying to keep from getting in trouble. Um, But yeah, I don't I don't know how to put it. Uh, so and then that was go, my only concern. Yeah, that, that yeah. episode. The rest the of it, audience. I felt fine. That's yeah. what I thought too. Yeah. So, uh, and then go or no go, I'm a go. I'm really glad my co-host made me watch it so we could grade it. <laughs> Twist your arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm obviously a go. Yeah, it's a it's a um, well above average TV show. Um, throw it on your list. Watch it. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think of. Uh, Andor. Andor, Andor, and we're excited to hear what you what do you have to say. <laughs>